0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for your Monday edition, your post game edition of Locked On Browns, brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. This season, uh, bad news out of Baltimore, a 38 to six loss to the Baltimore Ravens today. Uh, whether it was on the offensive side of the ball, Pete, whether it was on the special team side, whether it was defense, uh, look for all of us, our biggest fears were the fact that this team could possibly not be ready and possibly be behind the eight ball and going into a week one matchup, uh, with the team that is considered a Super Bowl favorite to can be uh, considered to be a AFC championship favorite, AFC North favorite. It was close early Pete, but again, no form of cohesion ever really came out of anything they did today in any of the three facets of the game.
1: Well, they had to play relatively mistake-free football and they did nothing but place uh Mistake filled football, and they couldn't take advantage of the opportunities they had. Uh, because the game was close, uh, well into the end of the second quarter, and the Ravens seemed to be letting them hang around, and the Browns sort of spit the bit.
0: Um, you get to the completion, I mean, the incompletion, Odell. Late in the first half, um, obviously the drop. And again, you know, you know, basically looking to make more out of it than just trying to secure the catch, which would have given the Browns a first down. Kept the drive going. Um, you had some success, obviously, with the one drive with Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt. Uh, overall success from the running game, which is something that can be counted upon upon this year. But early in the game, Pete, I mean, you know, you, you fe- you're featuring Harrison Bryant, you running ball with Nick Chubb not getting anything of the big guns going early. And it seems difficult for this team. If you have Odell and you have Austin Hooper and you have Jarvis Landry, this should kind of be the engine of what's going on here along with the running backs. And it took a while to get to it. Austin Hooper, we did not see near the creativity. We've seen in the summer at points, Odell, a lot of it was forced just to say they were getting touches to Odell, I'd say Jarvis pretty much looked like, you know, the Jarvis Linger we've grown accustomed to over the last couple of years. And it's weird to say in an effort like this where you would say, oh, David Njoku didn't have a bad day.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like coming out, I didn't have a problem with them sort of spreading the ball around because it was working. Um, I was annoyed. As all these people are like crying about not getting the ball to Landry or Beckham, I was looking for Austin Hooper because that, you know, if if I was t- going to attack somebody, it would be young linebackers and a questionable free safety, not their outstanding corners. Uh, so to, to see Austin Hooper only get targeted twice, he caught both uh, for 15 yards was uh, disappointing. Uh, I, I'm not, overly worried about forcing the ball to receivers and you know nobody When 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 the browns offense is working it doesn't feel like you're ever working to get the ball to landry it just goes to landry but when people are frustrated with it it doesn't go to beckham it always feels like it's an extra chore to go to beckham and then it actually actually does more harm than good he wasn't very good he dropped passes he shouldn't have he's not like you will look at the some of the passes that are being thrown by Lamar Jackson, and guys are making plays like Mark Andrews and some of these other guys, and you're seeing some of the same throw, types of throws or that are being dropped by the Browns. Kareem Hunt dropped the ball. Uh, there was one drive where you know they they couldn't complete a pass and were relying on penalties, which is fine. I don't have a problem with you know getting illegal contacts or or uh, pass interferences, but there were plays to be had and, and they couldn't control it. I mean, the, the one Beckham just had to clean, catch the ball cleanly and step out of bounds and he didn't. Uh, so again, I was looking to work the middle of the field more. I thought there were some bright spots in some of the passing game. I thought bigger Mayfield got better after the interception, which was entirely his fault. Uh, mm-hmm. But some of that was just the, the damage was done. And overall, you know, the Browns look like a very talented expansion team uh as opposed to a playoff team while the ravens look like and they weren't by no means perfect. The Ravens made their share of their their own mistakes, but the Browns were just that much worse that it was still just a complete blowout.
0: Uh you know, we'll get to the Ravens side of it, uh, you know, as far as the offensive side of the ball here. But yes, Pete, I mean, you know, Calais Campbell, none of this should fool you. This is why this guy is the player that he is. It's why he has the reputation that he is. Uh, he's six foot eight. It's literally like trying to throw around the biggest oak tree in your backyard. Um, for him to drop back off the line of scrimmage in coverage, it's kind of hard to miss him. I mean, he's stinking huge uh, as far as that. Um, so you should be working, obviously, you know, at more outside of the hashes in those scenarios. Um, you know, trying to get Hodge involved earlier. And, you know, I know people today, oh, D- D- uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't active. Guys, if his name wasn't Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you just took it at the fa- the face value of he was a 6 round pick, he this is not a game he was ready for. It's it's fine. It's it's the long game approach again here as far as you know how you're handling this. Um, and I, I guess you know with Baker, yes, there was inconsistencies, and then there were times where you know he started to get to his rhythm about him, and it would just you know kind of fall off or an incompletion here or a penalty there. Um, and I guess we can get here to you know Jedrick Wills. Pete for the first half or so it wasn't bad because the one thing you you didn't really even hear his name, which is kind of what you were looking for for Jedrick Wills in this scenario. If you don't hear his name, obviously he's probably doing a good thing. Um, but then a penalty. And then he doesn't finish the game, which probably means most likely now with kicking the ball off again in four days from now, maybe he's not a possibility for that. And you know, Kendall Lamb will play, you know, left tackle maybe coming up here Thursday night. Um, but it's just, you know, some you know, inconsistencies all around, which again, were to be ex- expected not to use them as excuses by any mean, every stinking game counts. Nobody cares about, you know, how short your off season was. Everybody's was abbreviated, but I guess Wills, you know, it was maybe, you know, I don't want to stay one step up, two steps back. It was all right. You've got your taste of it. Let's hope you're not too injured.
1: Well, with Wills, he was up and down a little bit. Uh, there were a couple of plays that he gave up pressures uh, that were sort of, fixed I mean the one sack Mayfield took was was through there um I yeah I mean look I I, I my bet is that Jacob Phillips is done for the year um I, I don't know what Jed Rick Wills is but I'm guessing he's out at least the Bengals game and could be longer uh I'm hoping that's not the case and then I don't know what David Njoku did um so I don't know, you know, what to expect from that. And he played well, which makes it somewhat, you know, really frustrating that this is sort of the, the story of his career is is he can play well and then something happens that gets in the way. Um, I don't know why I saw so much kadero Hodge. I just don't. Uh, the Browns don't. If have that was going to
0: be the case, then he should have kept Damian Ratley. I mean, I'm just saying that. I mean, I understand they both play special teams, but Ratley has had more of experience within this. If you're going to play a boatload of Kaderil Hodge, then you should have just kept Damian Ratley.
1: Well, we Rashard figured it was Higgins, because of special teams. Rashard oh, Higgins yeah. barely played. Uh, but my point all along is the Bronx don't have three receivers, so why are we playing three receivers? You could put other guys on the field. You can put another tight end on the field. You can put uh you know more Andy Janovich on the field you can have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the field at the same time and they did some of those things but just just a lot of Kedero Hodge way too much for me uh and I get it the Ravens are good and that's you know that's part of what happens but still it just it felt like um the Ravens were able to take away everything they wanted to take away for the most part and the Browns um you know, struggled to, to move the ball, stay consistent. And, and they couldn't cash in opportunities and they only score once. They should have scored at least one more time and potentially more than that. But that's what happens. You know, you, you get a big turnover on your own end when it's 10, you know, 10 to six. And you potentially could go make a game changing, you know, go, go change the game more or less. And you don't, and you have a, a, a driver you end up on their side of the field and you get, a face mask call on Odell Beckham, which is—I'm sorry—that's a stupid penalty. It doesn't make any sense to have, uh, unless it's egregious, and it wasn't, to say that you know a stiff arm is a face mask. It just—you you put your hand on. It, it's very hard not to sort of, you know, end up in there by virtue of that. So, and that penalty set them back, and then they made some other mistakes, and suddenly it's third and forty-one, um, and those things kill you. And the Browns can't aren't at a point where they can, can do those things. And and there's a lot of things that are a result of, you know, the being a new offense and new defense uh, on, you know, in a shortened off season, but there are other things that weren't. And some of those things really became problematic. I mean, you you know, fumbling the ball, that's, you know, that's just something that you can't, you you have to protect the football. You can't turn over the ball against a team like the Ravens, um, you know, and lose that battle, and expect it to go well. You can't commit, you know, a bunch of penalties that are debilitating. That that and expect to be able to win. And you do all of those things at the same time, then you end up with a team who's not trying to install things. They're trying to improve on what they were already doing well. Uh, and this is sort of the, what, what what you get.
0: Uh, yeah, and you know, and some, and uh, I'll be honest. Some of the things you know that I liked out of camp. Some of the plays that were ran, I uh, didn't see them today. You know, that Y leak that we, you know, loved with Harrison Bryant. Um, you know, as far as getting Hooper more involved, uh, just seeing some of the things that looked good during training camp uh, were not there today. We're going to flip it up here, get to the other side of the ball, Browns defense versus the Ravens offense with Pete Smith along with Jeff Lloyd here on your Monday Locked on Browns. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they are still open for delivery with DoorDash. With over 300,000 partners in the United States, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, no space. That's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKED ON. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED ON for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it, or my team just got boat raced in week one, 38 to six. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to roman.com slash triple X and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today. Connect with a healthcare f- official and take care of it. Go to Roman.com slash lockdown NFL today. If approved, you will get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getRoman.com slash lockdown NFL. GetRoman.com slash lockdown NFL. Pete, talking about what's supposed to be the good of this defense, and obviously, you know, the precipice of it, defensive line play, secondary play. Yes, you were down some guys in the secondary today, but you were starting your defensive line. And there were times, there were some glimpses. And I think Larry Ogan, Joby, you know, had some nice penetration today. Obviously, caused a huge fumble. Miles Garrett, you know, some flashes here or there. Didn't seem like you saw much from Olivier Verdin. Sheldon Richardson had a strong camp, another one here. But this is supposed to be, you know, what makes this defense hum is this defensive line. Uh, They know this team well. Not much of it should have been a surprise. Granted, they're incorporating new weapons in J.K. Dobbins. Um, uh, Hollywood Brown, you know, stepping up as maybe looking like more and more of a traditional number one receiver. Mark Andrews shouldn't be the one to survive you. But this defensive line, they just not were able to put together, again, the word consistency. They were not able to put enough of it together today um and it's it's imperative that this defensive line can do what they think they're capable of because a lot of the premises and and basis on what they want to do to succeed on defense comes down to
1: this unit well when the browns defensive line doesn't get pressure they're going to get killed Uh, and then there were times where the browns defensive line did get pressure but they couldn't uh close the deal or pressure from one guy namely miles garrett Uh, would push Lamar Jackson into other areas of the field and there was no one there. Um, So like Larry Ogunjobi had some nice plays. For example, uh, I thought Sheldon Richardson was pretty underwhelming, which really disappointing. I don't think Olivier Vernon did a ton, but the, the, the issue becomes that you have to have a lot of those things happen at the same time uh, against a guy like Lamar Jackson. So you get up the field you, he he finds a hole up the middle or he rolls out to the left or whatever he extends the play and he can find guys who are uncovered to the point where it's like he just had to throw it in the county uh to to make a completion it wasn't like you know there were certainly some plays where mark andrews was catching the ball in tight coverage but for the most part it was yards of space around guys uh the first touchdown was wide completely wide open uh, the, the touchdown over Tavier Thomas, God bless him, he's not a corner, wide open. Uh, there were just a, n- a number of plays where even when Lamar Jackson was flushed, uh, he was still able to find uh, wide open receivers. And then the one time he made just a terrible throw under pressure, you know, Tavier Thomas couldn't catch it. So when that doesn't happen, that that becomes a problem. And And obviously, if you are – uh, the Ravens, you, you have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, but if you are the Cincinnati Bengals who are currently playing and play the Browns next week, you're probably going to be looking at some of those things uh, to try to exploit that. You don't have nearly the line the Ravens do, but you do have a mobile quarterback and some ability to to do some of those things to try to negate some of the pressure. And, you know, you're hoping that that some of those things will improve uh, just by virtue of playing more and getting comfortable. But, you know, again, you were coming into the season with the expectation that, you know, I, I the defense was going to be an issue. It just was uh, by virtue of they have a bunch of young players on that side of the ball. They're putting together a bunch of guys uh, that, that weren't here before. And then you suffer three injuries in your secondary, uh, which, you know, obviously forces you to put a bunch of new guys in there. Uh, and Tavier Thomas, again, there's no scenario where that's, you know, the position you want to be in. But even if they were all healthy and you had Grant Delpit out there and you had Greta Williams out there and you had Kevin Johnson out there, they were still going to be in trouble by virtue of that. But you have those injuries and now potentially Jacob Phillips is, I, I just seeing the the picture of the cast. I can't see how that's going to go. He's coming back. And, your defensive line has a guy who should be in the conversation with a defensive player of the year. You know, Sheldon Richardson was dominant in training camp and needs to be dominant again, which, uh, you know, that that's a concern. Olivier Vernon has to be good. Larry Ogunjobi uh, made some plays, but just has to be consistent. And then Jordan Elliott looked exactly like I expected he would. He He's a rookie trying to play a power game, struggled because he's playing grown-ass men now. Uh, and then Vincent Taylor has to get comfortable uh, in that you know, in that nose option because they signed him basically a couple of days ago and they're trying to get him out there. So those things all have to come together and they have to come together very, very quickly because obviously the Browns play the Bengals who are at least theoretically a very weak team and should be somebody the Browns can beat. But if you don't and you falter again and suddenly you're 0-2, this can get ugly in a hurry.
0: With a 10-day... You know, rollover from Thursday night. Bengals are currently up 7 nothing. Joe Burrow's first NFL touchdown is actually a 23-yard scamper for the rookie out of LSU. Uh, yes, I mean, the Jacob Phillips injury, look, Malcolm Smith looked active. Um, it's probably good that he's here because all of a sudden now he may have a large amount of a workload coming towards him. Um, the secondary, Pete, obviously they had their issues with Marquise Hollywood Brown, and the secondary isn't complete yet. Uh, you know, BJ Goodson, like I said, was active today. You know, Sendejo trying to chase down Hollywood Brown deep in the secondary. Probably not something you're looking for as well. See, only Taki Taki, and maybe this is something we probably should have realized, Pete. You know, for him, who he's always had the reputation of physical, he was in it today. He was mixing it up. I mean, granted, he's, you know, not just the overall player at the position of some other players in this league, but he was active. He was mixing it up. And it's weird to think that we could be to a linebacking group you know come next week where it's already gonna i mean come thursday where it's gonna be goodson it's gonna be malcolm smith uh you know sione takitaki and just you know as now you know the second year linebacker on the shelf the rookie linebacker it looks like it's a tough spot here um and you know they couldn't afford many injuries at the linebacker position but now they might be looking at their second significant injury at the linebacker position
1: well uh sione takitaki is a guy i've talked about in terms of potentially being uh, a guy that could play against the, uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens because he's a physical player. He's a downhill player. And this is physical. and he put some good hits on Lamar Jackson, uh, which I'm not surprised by. Uh, but, uh, you know, is he somebody who can then turn around and play in coverage? That's sort of the big question with him. But if you're just saying, I want to add another guy up front and they put him at end it a couple of times. Uh, yep. Uh, because that's, that is what he did uh, at BYU, then, you know, you you get a little more opportunity to put some athleticism on the field and somebody who can just go downhill and and be physical. So if that's, you know, it it, it had its moments where he seemed to just be a spy essentially and just go hit uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, He had a couple of nice tackles from that standpoint. Uh, I don't, you know, they may do the same thing next week with Burrow. Uh, And basically say, look, we're going to put you back out here. Go hit people. Uh, And that could be grow into a a bigger role. He's very athletic. His hips aren't great, but he can run fast, get downhill and he can hit people. And, you know, you you do that consistently. There's always going to be a place for you. It's just a question of how much.
0: He's the most physical player they probably have on their defense as far as just the willingness to just go ahead and crack skulls. Look for eight, hit eight next week. I mean, Thursday night might be C9, hit nine, that type of thing. We're going to flip it up here. We'll get to our third segment here. Uh, a little special teams talk we'll get to about, you know, how, you know, is it good, is it bad that they're playing Thursday night on your post game Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd with Pete Smith. The Improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Along with some of your truly uh, of the original flavors that you love so much. German chocolate, peanut butter, mint brownie, and double chocolate. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they are also great with the keto diet. The flavor profile on the peanut butter bar, are 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carb. Go to builtbar.com Use the promo code on. All caps, no space, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We got a little maybe fortunate last year where the special teams had made a tremendous, tremendous leap from years past. And today, uh, you know, it's very uh, Tavier Thomas, obviously, you know, nailing a punt inside at the one yard line we know what that drive turned into Austin Seibert, just not a good day. The fake punt at your own 31, when you were basically already reeling Um, the joy of the hammer is at any point, anywhere on the field, he could probably, you know, boot you a 65, 70 yard punt. You go with the fake punt. Uh, Dearness Johnson looked like a guy who's probably never blocked before in his life. Um, And credit to coach Stefanski saying, look, I'm the head coach of this team. Put that on me. We agreed to do it, but you know, Special teams, and we kind of got fortunate with it last year And what was a lost season, obviously at six and 10. Um, but, you know, special teams, not so special today. Kick coverage as well wasn't so great. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot, a lot of people saying, hey, if we already have a veteran kick around this roster, is it maybe time that we no longer need to see Austin Seibert?
1: I don't have a problem with the the, the fake punt. I uh, I have a problem with the fact that two of our guys didn't block it cuz the play was there. It, 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 people are going to go back and they're going to watch this and they're going to go holy crap. If we just blocked the guy who hit made the hit, which is who Dearness Johnson didn't block, and then uh you know, you get to uh uh, the other block that wasn't made, but it's, it's Darius Johnson. If he just makes that block, I think they get the first. Essentially round. there were two guys, there were two guys there to block
0: one. Neither one of them were able to get it done.
1: Yeah. So the fact is if, if you know, people are like saying about Sandejo, well, if, if, uh, if Darius Johnson makes his block, then Sandejo can get another guy that we have yet to see. And it's potentially, you know, a nice play, but it's not like, you know, the idea that, well, the Ravens are coming. They didn't. Uh, they, the guy who made the play beat a block. Uh, it was, yeah, it
0: was certainly execution over as opposed to calling it out. It's like Cybert was blown up in the backfield.
1: So if the mistake is uh, by Stefanski, it's that he bet on guys that were incapable of doing that job, if that's the reality. I don't know if that's the case because, again, the play was there. Cybert, uh, you know, w- w- we've done this before uh, where we've had an awful kicker Week two in 2018 in New Orleans, baby. And people want to throw throw him out and get rid of him, and then they end up being a great kicker somewhere else. And, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Sabert. I don't assume anything will happen with Sebert. I'm not in a hurry to see Cody Parkey. I don't like just constantly churning on kickers. Uh, I think it's stupid. Uh But, you know, it's an easy target for people to have. Like, that's going to fix all your problems. And had so he would made
0: have been to, so it would have been 38 to 10 instead. Of well, yeah, I
1: mean the one the one really hurt because it would have been 17-9. I mean that that's a deflating thing where you have a dunder score and maybe if you get that one you don't give up the next touchdown and if you get it to 17-9 at entering the half, you know, you're one score down and, and you're in it. And, and they did instead, get the
0: three and and they did get the three and out to start the second half, so yeah.
1: Instead, you're down 24-6 and it's a three-score game. It's a very daunting prospect. So you know, like everything else, play better. I mean, they, 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 that's you know that's not a special teams issue. That's not a an offensive issue. That not a defensive issue. That is a Cleveland Browns issue. They all have to play better. And if they don't, then there are going to be some difficult choices. But you know, there's no team that is more impacted by the Browns than the, with the shortened offseason. There are teams that are equally impacted by the Browns' off season, But there was also no team other than the Baltimore Ravens that was more conditioned to deal with a shortened offseason and a loss of practices they aren't they aren't they were not preparing for this week installing anything they were refining and improving and that's a huge difference to be uh in from a preparation standpoint the Ravens are looking at this, hey, we did all these good things. Maybe we're adding a few things. Maybe we're expanding on a few things. But really, they're just trying to tweak and get better. The Browns are trying to install things on both sides of the ball. And special teams perhaps has more expectations to be good earlier as a result because they aren't. Uh, they they have the most continuity. They have a lot of guys back. Uh, to Javier Thomas, Kedero Hodge, Tay Davis – uh, Jamie Gillen uh, the long snapper and then uh, Austin Seibert and Jamie Gillen was fine punting obviously they put the one inside the one and then the defense got gashed for 99 yards and a touchdown but yeah I, I, like as much as you want to like pick on individuals who who plays, and as I said Odell Beckham was bad uh, I don't think the answer is now to to try to throw guys overboard right now you've got what hopes to be 15 games to sort of figure this thing out and figure this out, figure out where you're going, which is why I preached all offseason. Don't get involved in contracts that are, are essentially trying to go all in for this season. It never made sense. You we're always going to have to look at this in terms of getting things figured out and figure out what you actually had to address. So, like, if you came to the season going, well, the Browns are set at receiver, they're set at tight end, whatever. And right now you're going, well, what's the deal with the bronze at receiver? So we have to see where the Browns end up in that. But like that was the big question I had with like a clowny contract or some of these other ideas uh, that people were – Logan Ryan, for example. I think that would have been an awful idea, even though people are probably sitting there going, well, we could use Logan Ryan right now. Maybe, but that's not really a, a, a feasible answer. So in many ways, the next couple of weeks, and it could be half the season, are going to be getting this team to sort of catch up and get uh their feet under them but they've got two very winnable games the next two week you know four days and then a week and a half off uh assuming they you know aren't completely killed by injuries they've got to figure that out but they have an opportunity to sort of get one back Try to figure out. uh, Try to get comfortable. Hopefully, get uh, you know a win against Washington, and then see have an a, a opportunity to reevaluate. Um, I I I obviously don't love the fact the Browns got blown out. I don't love the fact the Browns suffered a lot of injuries. But I'm not surprised that the Browns lost. It's just a, it's just again like it was the Titans last year. It's a question of how they lost, and how they lost was not good. It again I I. I You know, I I use the term expansion team. It looked like an expansion team just with a lot of talent. They just didn't look ready remotely for this game. And that's now the challenge for four days. And that's one of many reasons why I hate this quick turnaround. I think it's irresponsible by the league, but it also really puts uh, uh, the bronze in a tough spot because they can't really do much to get better in four days. I mean, they can, you know, they, they're not going to be like out on the practice field much. They're just going to be sort of watching tape and and trying to make less fewer mental errors, but I don't think they're going to get much in terms of like reps and getting more chemistry with the receivers and stuff like that.
0: That's where this is the ultimate double edged sword, Pete. Because after today, you know, where you get boat raced by 32 points, you don't have to wait eight days to get back on the field the following Sunday. You're going to get back on the field Thursday night. You're going to be at home. No crowd. But, you know, comfortable. You know, should be comfortable there. But if you can't put together a win, a solid effort, now you've got to sit on 0-2 for the better part of a half before you face the Washington football team. All right. Score one for me. First time in season. I haven't made that mistake. So That's where Thursday becomes the ultimate double-edged sword because – if you win, everybody gets to feel good about themselves. Get back to work on what they need to do to improve. If you don't, everybody's kind of sitting around with the big old crap feeling for another ten days before you lace them up against Washington.
1: Yeah, it's you got to quick. You got to figure this thing out quick. You can't. You know that that game can't happen again. You got that one out of the way there's every you can you can explain away every reason and i have and the people are saying it's an excuse to say that the browns were impacted by the offseason i've been saying this all offseason this was going to be a thing uh, you and it a million it, times it's been a thing in college it's been a thing in high school it has been a thing at every level where teams are trying to install new offenses new defenses and all of this uncertainty and all these things going on and it's not conducive to do that and come out and play well so, you know all, and, and you know, 24 hours ago, everybody's really excited about Kevin Stefanski and everything he's doing, and and now people are basically like, "Well, the Browns suck again." The you know same old Browns, all that crap, which just is irritating. Um, this was a foreseeable outcome to say that it was going to play; they were going to play super poorly again. None of that makes it okay to get blown out. I just think you always sort of looked at this as uh, a a likely loss, and and. If there's good news, you can only lose this game once. You can't, you know, you're still 0-1. You lost in a last-second touchdown, as uh, the Carolina Panthers did. You're still 0-1. Uh, so, it's up to this team to, you know, the, the you know all the things that I think that were positive in the offseason in terms of coming together and, and finding that unified sense of purpose and sort of caring about each other, I think all those things are present. in teams that have those things, which I think was – pretty universal in the league. I don't think that was specifically for the Browns, but the Browns lacked so much culture and, and that sort of unifying bond that I think they, they, they needed it more than other people in terms of if you are going to have this thing happen, all these things happen that it, that it could be beneficial. You, if, if these things were, in, in fact, good for your team, now is the time for it to, to prove it. You, you've, gotten your, you've gotten your ass kicked. You've gotten punched in the mouth in a, a number of other places. You're probably pissing blood tomorrow. So time to step up, <laughs> figure it out, and come together the way you, know, you, you showed you might be able to do.
0: And, look, that's going to, you know, that's essentially going to put a, bu- uh, a bow here on week one. We're already on to week two, kicking off Thursday night. The show itself, these shows this week are going to come at you at a very accelerated pace as we are going to, you know, kick off eight fifteen Thursday night, NFL Network uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, rough day. Uh, just, you know, it, 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 I think the thing that where everybody's probably upset is that there were, you know, inconsistencies all around. Yes, again, it's not an excuse, but it was somewhat understandable. Um, I'm sure if everyone would have felt, felt better and maybe a more understanding of the fact if it wasn't a 32-point game, I get it 100%. Uh, look, I was just frustrated the rest of you were. Uh, you know, It just wasn't a consistent enough product this early. I don't think we thought it was going to look this bad, but you know that is where it's at. Cincinnati. Thursday night, we're going to continue to pump out the content this week. Pete and his team, they're getting everything uh, loaded up for you guys over at Browns Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're checking everything out, reading everything over there. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith, me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following over there uh, at Locked On Browns. DMs are open. Follow back account, as you guys know. Uh, you know, tough week one. Uh, you know, took one on the chin. Uh, And we'll see if playing on Thursday night is a good thing or it's a bad thing. But the Browns will be back in action four days from now. Thanks to our sponsors, Pepsi, DoorDash, Roman, and Built Bar. This has been your daily delivery of all things pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go, Browns.